Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Care and Support Podcast. Today with us is Nurse Terry Evans, who is a nurse from Arkansas, United States, and um, she's an expert in CPR. Actually, she's an instructor, and she's been in the field for many years, so she will talk about her journey and um, talk about all things nursing. So welcome, Terry. Thank you, Laura, for having me. I appreciate it. This is an honor to be on the Caring Support Network um, podcast, and I appreciate you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for accepting our invitation. We really like what you do, and we would love to to learn more about your career, your journey, so that others can get inspired by you. Oh, yes, yes, that's wonderful. I'd love to talk about it with you guys and just um, let you all know how my path has been so far. Yes, absolutely. So let's get started. My first question is, what has your career path been so far? Well, Laura, in 1993, which is a long time, I'm aging myself, and so, <laughs> but in, in uh, 1993, I actually walked into a nursing home after um, being newly divorced and everything, and I just walked into a nursing home, a nursing care home, and asked if they were hiring, and that I would... Um, love to work there. And the director of nursing said, would you like to be a CNA? And I said, what's that? And she told me, and I said, sure. So a CNA is a certified nursing assistant. And what she did was sent me to, to training. And once I was done with that, I was able to take care of the uh, elderly population in the nursing homes and in hospice care. So I did that for about eight years and then I moved on to become an LPN. Here in the States, we call it a licensed practical nurse, or um, um, they have another name for it, but, but in other, in other um, states, they, it's still just a licensed practical nurse. And so I did that for um, five years, which I worked in the hospital settings, and I worked in nursing homes as well doing wound care and just taking care of the geriatric patients. And then I moved forward to get my associates in nursing in 2005. Then I moved forward to get my bachelor's in 2012. And then I moved forward in nursing education because I was one of the ones who precepted I love nursing so much. I wanted to teach everybody how to do it compassionately. And so I would always be the one who precepted other nurses and trained other nursing students. And so I decided to get my degree in nursing education. So I hold a master's in nursing education. And I did that. Um, I completed that degree in 2018. And so I'm currently working towards my DMP. Uh, which is the highest level that you can go in nursing practice. And it's a doctoral degree. I started that journey in 2020, and I'm expected to graduate in fall of this year. But <laughs> it's been a long journey in a lot of places that I've worked, different areas, medical surgical areas and everywhere. So right now I'm working from home um, as a case manager, uh, with a large insurance company. 
So that's my journey so far, but <laughs> hopefully I can continue to um, do nurse education after I am done with my doctorate degree. Well, congratulations on your journey. It, it sounds amazing. It really does. I mean, here <laughs> in Canada, the, we call them uh, registered uh, reg no, registered practical nurses, I think it's uh, an RPN. Um, yeah. And then you went from, from nursing assistant all the way to what we know as RPN, all the way to now getting your doctorate in nursing. That is impressive. Right. <laughs> well, it's it was hard work for sure, but I enjoy every step of it. Yeah. This tells me that you also have a lot of knowledge. Um, like practical knowledge, of course, and you know a lot of the issues that are affecting the nursing community. So my next question is, why do you think so many nurses are leaving the bedside and becoming entrepreneurs? Well, you know, it's easy for an individual to get overwhelmed when caring for someone who is sick. Just imagine having to care for four to six individuals who are acutely ill, you know, needing hourly care while wearing a space gear here lately and, you know, being made to do um, overtime or mandatory overtime, 12 hours, you know. And so I believe that the number one reason that they're leaving um, now is compassion fatigue. And, um, you know, working long shifts and, uh, you know, addressing those complex patients' needs, including treating patients with immense pain and traumatic injuries, you know, that causes a lot of distress um, with healthcare providers and not just nurses, but, you know, others as well who are at the bedside. And a lot of people, I think, believe that nurses are mad. I don't think they're mad. I think they're tired. And, you know, self-preservation always wins, right? So they have a fight or flight just like everyone else. And once they realized they couldn't win the fight, they started catching flights. And this is why travel nurses have increased in tremendous numbers, right? Like who wouldn't want to get paid 10000 a week here in America, right? So I would just like to add that nurses were leaving the bedside before the pandemic, but no one noticed as much. Um, however, if we consider the nursing shortage before the pandemic, I would have to say that nurses were leaving the bedside because individuals who were admitted to the hospital were sicker with added comorbidities, with added issues and problems. Plus, you know, the word got out through social media, TikTok and Instagram of other nurses showing off their nursepreneur skills, side hustles, businesses, and most of all, the freedom to be able to do all that. So I think nurses are just leaving for various reasons, but one of the main ones are um, just compassion fatigue. They're tired. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean, especially now uh, with the pandemic. It's been overwhelming for the um, medical community and nurses included. It's just oh, oh, one, one person can only take so much until they reach their, you know, tipping point. Um, my next question is, what about bullying? Because, you know, it happens. Do you think that also has to do with why the nurses are deciding to leave the practice? Well, you know, Laura, it could. 
I mean, you know, I don't doubt it. Um, I've seen it and I've experienced it. Um, I dealt with my bully by explaining my perspective because, you know, just with everything else, nurses come from all different kinds of cultural backgrounds and, you know, so they may think that they're taking care of the patient one way is the best way and the way you're doing it is not. And so a lot of that comes from different perspective of how to care. And then you just got some nurses that are just, that's their personality. But um, I think that, you know, some, some nurses are intimidated by new nurses, you know, and their new knowledge. Let's just say I went to school in 2001. So medicine, health and all that, that has changed so much since then. I love new nurses because they tell me what's the new thing that's coming. They tell me what's the new medicine. They tell me what's the new skill set, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those nurses who have those old skill sets, they look at the nurses that come in with the new skill set. And a lot of it is intimidation and jealousy. And so they take that and project this bullying type of attitude, you know? So I just think that a, a lot of, of bullying in the workplace comes from how that nurse sees, you know, the care different from the new nurse. And even if it's not a new nurse, I think it may be even cultural, you know? Yeah, definitely. Cultural differences um, play a role here. And just as it happens here in Canada, in the U.S., there's a lot of immigrants in the medical field, in the nursing field. So obviously things can happen. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult. Um, so my next question is, how do you think nurses who don't want to leave the bedside, who don't want to go to other, I mean, practice other endeavors, what can they do if they want to stick to nursing, but they want to overcome these issues? Um, well, I would say that now the overcoming the bully issue, I would definitely say mediation. I think it's important to pull someone else in that can help you um, deal with that situation because it shows the nurse that is behaving in an unprofessional way that you're not afraid to um, let others know of her behavior. Um, some of that, you know, um, is done in secret, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that the, the person who is the victim should reach out to either the supervisor or, you know, someone that can help mediate the, the differences you all have, even to the point of separation. Now, when I was, um, a new grad, I worked on a unit and on that unit, um, the, my, the, the uh, nurse that was supposed to orientate me, she did not want to have anything to do with me. And she told me that I, what I did, I went back to nurse recruitment and I said, this is what she said to me. I'm afraid that I'm not going to get the orientation that I need to help take care of the patients. Please move me. And I got an immediate transfer. And I think every hospital and every unit in the hospital should have that option for people that if this is not a good fit, 
then they should be able to transfer to an, a place where they are comfortable with, you know, the environment. Because creating a hostile environment can cause mistakes and all that. However, I just think that they need to mediate. They need to talk with a supervisor. Most of all, they need to take notes of any incidents in case of escalation. And just, just let me be clear. I know this is nice and professional and everything like that. But I remember I had a nurse that was bullying me so bad. And I just asked her, why? Like, why are you treating me this way and she was like oh girl don't pay me no mind I got whatever mental disorder she had so I said you do I have that mental disorder too (laughs) (laughs) and to be honest that stopped it because then now she doesn't have an excuse because if I flip on her the way she flipped on me then now what's your excuse right So I just thought, wow, that worked. So every time I went to a place and they claimed that they had a disorder or they claimed that was their personality, I claimed it too, right? So if you flip on me, I flip on you. You got crazy woman's disease. I I do too. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's not professional advice. However, that's the way I handled it, right? (laughs) Um, what about fatigue and burnout? What do you think is the best way to overcome that huge issue? Most definitely is standing up for yourself. And I've done this before. And I've just told my manager, look, I am not a robot. I'm a human. I need food. I have to go to the bathroom. This is something that is overwhelming to me. And... You know, first you have to address what's going on at the workplace. You can say, oh, you do self-care and all that on your one day off, but you're still going back to a place that is very, you know, um, uncomfortable and and just overwhelming to you. That's that's where you have to start. And Mm -hmm. you start by writing up that unit. Now, I used to work at a facility where they had a form. If you came in and you were the only nurse on that floor, you had a form to fill out that said, I was the only nurse on this floor. And you had to call all the executives, all the administrators and the doctors and say, I'm the only nurse on your on this floor and you have a patient here. What do you tend to do for it? What do you tend to do about it? Who can help me? Who can speak up for me? You know, those things need to be happening inside of the healthcare so that we can protect our nurses and our family members who need that care, right? So the organizations have to do something to help those nurses as well, but the nurses have to tell the organizations what they need. So overcoming those, the compassion fatigue is basically starting with telling the, the whoever's in charge, this is too much. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take these days off because you can get excused days for mental health now more than ever. And once they get enough nurses getting off mental health days, they'll have to address the issue. Uh, Another thing is you have to recognize that you have compassion fatigue. 
Because what happens is when you lose that compassion, you're not able to care for those patients like you really should. So you'll have to say, look, I need to step away. I don't care about this job as much as I should, which, you know, patients won't be getting their medicine, et cetera, et cetera. So I think just recognizing where you are in your career at the moment you're there is one way to kind of, you know, nip a tragedy in the bud. Yeah, I see what you mean. Definitely. I think a lot of nurses feel afraid of acknowledging their state, their mental state, because they think I'm going to lose my job. They're going to find a new nurse that's going to do it better than me, you know, but honestly, speaking up pays off. I, I do. I do believe so. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So my next question is, let's talk about skills. What skills do you think nurses of today need to succeed? Well, um, I would definitely say continuing education. You know, um, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of old nurses think, okay, the way we did it back then is the way I'm going to do it for 100 years, when that's not necessarily the case. There's new evidence based every day coming off um, and being um, reported for us to, to update our skills and for new methods for you know, medications and, you know, just different ways that we can do things better. And, and in that they need to make sure that they are updating their skills and getting these new certifications, um, that, you know, are available to us. Uh, and another thing I think is, um, I think just self-awareness, you know, um, and, you know, making sure that that don't go into L&D because you're going to get paid $90,000 an hour, right? If that's not your jush, <laughs> if that's not something you love to do, right, you're probably going to make more mistakes than it's worth. So I say self-awareness is, um, you know, a skill um, of, of probably number one. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, like being able to claim your limitations, you know, if you got two broke arms, then you probably shouldn't be orthopedic tech or something, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, you can't just go in there and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nurse, but I'm blind. So I, you know, you can't, you can't you have to know your limitations. You know, if you don't like needles, don't become a phlebotomist, right? And um, I think being brave enough to speak up for yourself is definitely uh, a skill that you probably should, you know, have. Um, learning more about cultural backgrounds and different, um, um, you know, they have, uh, what do they call it now? Uh, the LGBT community, the transgender community, that wasn't um, there 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It was there, but it wasn't something that was being taught in nursing. Well, now they're here. They're here. The patients are here. 
where there, it's more visible, it's more talked about, it's more, you know, learn about how to treat those individuals and how to address them and how to show compassion to them, regardless of what you feel or think about it, right? I think just learning more about what's going on in the present moment of nursing and healthcare is the best skill. Wow, absolutely. I loved everything you just said. Definitely. Yes. I agree. Um, definitely nursing is not the same as it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. So nurses of today need a whole new different skill set. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> so now going back to you, um, I would love to know what other endeavors are you involved in apart from nursing? As you said at the beginning, you know, you've branched out. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, I'm I'm one of those people. I am just, I can do anything. And I probably have done everything. Now, I do confess to not going into L&D because I don't like that part. <laughs> However, I do, I am a full script practitioner where I like do holistic health consulting. Mm -hmm. And what I do is just like recommend vitamins, you know, whatever your ailment may be. I just recommend, you know, maybe you should take vitamin C, vitamin D um, and, and the like. And so if you use my link type of thing and you buy the vitamins and all that, I get like two or three dollars from it. But the actual consult doesn't cost anything. Um, and I do loan signing or I'm a notary, and so um, I just get text messages and say, hey, we need you to sign over here, over there. I go, I stamp, stamp, and they pay me. So that's just a little something that <laughs> I've picked up along the way. And I I also decided to be a wedding officiant, so I was able to marry a couple last year, which was great. I absolutely loved it. It was the best four minutes of my life. I, I felt uh, slightly alive when I did that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, that is impressive. Yeah, so I just kind of, you know, I, I homeschooled my son who has autism and um, and I tried to pick um, side hustles where I can put him in the car with me. No one will have an issue with him being there and just kind of, you know, doing it that way. And, and, and it's, a, it's freedom. It's, you know, a way for me to kind of wind down from all the nursing stuff that um, I've done over the years. And I, I really like being that. I really like having those side hustles and being free in that way. Absolutely. Um, you also have this business called Position CPR or you yeah. don't have it anymore? Yes, I do. I, I, <laughs> I, I always assume that people think that, you know, because I, I put it out there, but I am currently doing that on the weekends. And what I do is I contact community daycares and I say, hey, I'm a CPR instructor. I, I can come to you, get your people together. We'll do CPR. You don't have to close your business down. You don't have to pay a million bucks to get everybody CPR certified because it is mandated in the state of Arkansas that 50% uh, of daycares have to be 
or their staff have to be CPR certified. Um, and they do have certain programs that 100% have to be CPR certified. However, I try to concentrate on those who may have, an, have a problem with, you know, maybe shutting down or whatever the case may be. So I do inner city daycares. I'll do, I'll do them anywhere, but I, I can actually get them to, you know, get the certification because it's important. Get the first aid because it's important because they're caring for other people other people's children, you know? And so I actually go to doctor's offices as well. I go to clinics and um, I'm a mobile CPR business. So I go to wherever they are. I set up and I do the CPR class and I certify them every two years. I'm with American Heart Association and um, I'm uh, connected to one of the uh, larger hospitals here in my state. So I, I do that as well. <laughs> Impressive. Absolutely <laughs> impressive. Well, honestly, um, it's, it's great to know all the possibilities that are out there for nurses. It's not just nursing. You can do nursing and many other things. Oh, um, yeah. It helps with mental health because you, you get to see other things, do different things and learn other skills as well. So right. sounds great. Right. Um, is there anything that you would like to add? That's actually my last question. <laughs> Well, yes, I, I, I would just like to, to tell everyone that, you know, just take a deep breath, right? You know, the pandemic has affected us all and in ways that you may never know, you know, and we are all in this together and we need to recognize what part we play in our current situation and do whatever we can to do better in as a community, as a people, and as a country, right? You know, just spread love everywhere, right? Just sprinkle it all over the place. And, and if you need support with employment, register with caringsupport.com to get connected to a platform and people who care about what you care about. Caring Support is dedicated to helping healthcare professionals thrive in their gift. And I love their platform. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We worked so hard on this platform every day. Um, we're always looking for new employers, always welcoming new healthcare workers to connect them and just help people thrive in their careers. So I really appreciate that somebody like you with such a long and successful career in nursing can say that. Thank you so much. That means a lot. You're welcome. No problem. I was on the website. I was like, I will, I'm, a, I'm going over here. I'm, I'm going to get support from here. <laughs> you guys have done a beautiful job with supporting healthcare, and I'm excited to be connected with you all as well. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for accepting our invitation to participate in our podcast. We loved having you, and um, I learned a lot in this episode. So I thank you so much, and Terry um, oh. <laughs> Evans, and everyone out there, we'll see you, or oh, you're here from us in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining. Bye. Thank you guys for listening.